Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake continues producing walleye, but they're generally on the small side. Try 18 to 25 feet using spinners and bottom bouncers yet, but try mixing it up with vertical jigs as well. Small walleye are scattered throughout the lake and anglers are working structure, but it seems more are working over on Pelican Lake Bay or the west side of the Minnewakan Flats. Overall, angling activity is slowing down as people get into the fall mode of school and the start of harvest. That includes lakes such as Lake Ashtabula, which has some activity, not as much as it did earlier this summer though, and limited reports on how those anglers that are out are doing. Out west, the Missouri River tail race remains somewhat of a mystery this year, with catfish still pretty quiet, unless you're fishing off the wing walls, there they're finding some success. Walleye also are still elusive in the tail race, with the best success for small fish still coming from the spillway channel. Try the shoots at night from boats, with a few walleye coming in from shore at night as well. But overall, it's still pretty much a mystery. Up on Lake Sakakawea, anglers are continuing to have to work deep water for walleye, although they're occasionally coming up shallower in the evenings. The Indian Hills Resort area is seeing some walleye success in 20 to 25 feet, which is you know better than the 30 to 50 feet anglers had been working. Try along the south shore from Mackenzie Bay to Independence Point. Anglers are also putting in at Dakota Waters Resort on the south shore and working west around Red Butte Bay. The Van Hook Arm is also finding anglers working deep in about 30 feet on the south end of the arm. Look for a shift to jigging wraps or deep diving crankbaits, but some fish are still coming with spinners and night crawlers. We're moving into hunting season, but there aren't a lot of harvested fields yet for that early Canada goose activity. And try to take advantage of those cool mornings and give that hunting dog a few minutes of play training time to help condition them for the upcoming grouse and partridge season in September. Just keep them hydrated. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Here is a podcast extra. The Minnesota DNR released their their deer regulations for 2023. August 1st is when they do that every year. And we have Barb Keller, Minnesota DNR big game program leader to help walk us through some of the changes. How you doing, Barb? Great. So... I noticed that there are some reduced bag limit changes in a few areas and some have increased, which is not uncommon. That happens year to year. That's what you mm-hmm. guys do. Um, seems like the northern part of the state has a few uh, fewer tags than it had before. And I assume that's because of the uh, tough winter we had. 
That's right. It, it was a, a relatively severe winter for a good swath of northern Minnesota. So we have adjusted bag limits in a number of these areas. I believe um, 38 deer permit areas have uh, reduced bag limits uh, compared to uh, only 12 where we've increased the bag limits um, and then 80. So the majority um, are the same as last year, but most of those reduced um, ones are in northern Minnesota. And unfortunately, some of those areas are coming off um, the second or, or more consecutive severe winter. And those back-to-back severe winters can certainly take a toll on the deer population. So, Barb, besides uh, the bag limits and the, the licensing type stuff, as far as how many deer you can take, what kind of deer you can take, and so on and so forth, uh, that was released on August 1st, you also have some new regulations this year for deer hunters that we want to make sure that they are aware of. One of them, which is a pretty big one, this was announced earlier in the year, is that now you can use a crossbow and you don't have to be elderly and you do not have to be disabled. That's right. Yes. That came out of uh, this past legislative session. Um, so now any hunter that has an archery license can use a crossbow to harvest their deer. Um, there's no special requirements. Again, you don't have to be age 60 or older, which is how it's been in the past or have um, qualify for a disability permit. It's any hunter. Um, that has an archery license can participate and, and use a crossbow. Um, they should be aware that when they go to register their deer, we will be asking them if they use a vertical bow or a crossbow to harvest their deer. And that will help us keep tabs on what effect that change is having on our deer harvest. Uh, Barb, do you have any insight in terms of what uh, kind of led up to this change? Was it just to increase opportunity or were there other motivations? Yeah, this actually um, came... Uh, I know it was a recommendation from the uh, Minnesota Deer Hunters Association was one of their proposals to allow this. Um, so I don't know, you know, exactly how that got, you know, into and through the legislature, but um, I know that, that they were in support of, of this change. Um, and certainly, you know, we are likely to see increased participation uh, during the season due to that change. Um, so there might be some benefits for um, getting folks you know, more engaged and participating in this additional season uh, and it's additional opportunity for uh, people to take, to take yeah, here. I think it's really interesting. And in the fact that I know you guys are going to keep very, very close tabs on how many new mm-hmm. people bought licenses, how many, mm-hmm. how many animals were harvested with a crossbow. And I'd be really curious to get that report here in, early 2024 Mm -hmm. to see see what that change was Mm -hmm. yeah and and i will say we expect it to change over time so what we've seen in other states that have made this similar change is that um there's a gradual increase in people uh using crossbows during the archery season and we see more of a transition from people that in the past were firearms deer hunters transitioning into the archery season with that crossbow allowance so I expect the first few years it might be a gradual increase, but eventually we'll we'll likely see, based on what other states are saying, that the majority of deer harvested during the archery season will likely at some point be from crossbows. Uh, but it'll be a slow transition over time, and again, we'll be keeping pretty close tabs on that. So, and we probably should mention that with the Minnesota regulations, just because you buy an archery or a or a crossbow license does not mean that you can still harvest more deer. That's not an extra free deer license. Great. Oh, yeah, that's correct. 
So uh, the bag limits still apply. So make sure that you're, if you're not a typical archery hunter, make sure you familiar, familiarize yourself with the archery deer regulations. One thing that firearms hunters might not be aware of is that in lottery deer areas or the, the deer permit areas that are designated as the antlerless lottery bag limit, archery hunters can take an either sex deer. So that's something in particular that we'd be keeping an eye on as we are likely to see many more people um, being um, eligible for that privilege of taking either sex deer in lottery areas. So again, we'll be monitoring that. And if we need to make adjustments to the bag limits or rules in the future, we'll do so. Ground blinds on public land. So there was some uh, changes or some additions in that area as well. What do folks need to know for those uh, who hunt out of a blind on public land? Yes, those public land hunters that use uh, synthetic or fabric ground blinds need to be aware of a requirement that they place blaze orange um, on the top or around that ground blind. It needs to be a 12 by 12 inch, uh, 144 um, square inches, I believe, area that is blaze orange that you can see from all sides of the blinds. Um, and if you don't feel like you need to go out and purchase a brand new ground blind, if you don't already have blaze orange on it, they make um, these little caps that you can buy from, you know, your local outdoor retailer that will meet this requ- requirement to, to fulfill that. So uh, hopefully this will uh, help keep our public land hunters safe. You know, and that makes perfect sense because, uh, you know, as hunters are required to wear their blaze orange, but mm-hmm. when they're inside of a blind, you don't know that they're there. So what about cro- exactly. chronic wasting disease? That's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, seems to be growing throughout Minnesota, uh, throughout the upper Midwest. And the, some of the mm-hmm. zone, zones have changed a little bit there as well. Yes, they have. We have some uh, new areas that are in a CWD management zone. Um, What used to be DPA 184 um, near Bemidji is now 684. Uh, And when a a permit area, uh, it flips into the 600 series, that means that that it's because we have detected the disease in our wild deer population there. And we actually detected two positive deer in that area last year. Um, So now it's going to be a management zone. Then there are carcass movement restrictions that go along with that. So hunters, be sure to check out what those regulations are to make sure you're in compliance. Um, We also will, again, be doing our mandatory surveillance in all of our CWD surveillance and management zones. And again, we've got a number of those across the state. Be sure you check out whether the, the, the area that you hunt in is included, because just because it wasn't last year doesn't mean that it isn't this year. We have some new areas included. But the good news is there's a few areas we're no longer doing surveillance. Um, an area around the east central part of the state, um, around Pine County, we're no longer doing surveillance there. Um, there were a couple other DPAs in the central part of the state where we were doing um, some surveillance that we're no longer doing because we made it through all three years of our surveillance and did not detect any positive deer. So there's a little bit of a silver lining, but uh, folks really need to be aware if, if they're affected by these CWD regulations. Okay, Barb, we only got about 30 seconds or so left. Um, I believe you got a webinar coming up to discuss all these changes. Yeah, our big game coordinator, Todd Todd Froberg, will be giving a webinar in a couple of weeks. Um, Folks can go online. Um, It'll be August 23rd. Um, You can search our our website uh, to find... um, those opportunities, uh, the webinar, um, and sign up and uh, check that out. Perfect. This is Barb Keller, Minnesota DNR, big game program leader. Thanks for coming on Gun Outdoors, Barb. Thanks for having me.
Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available. Ben, the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.